Welcome everybody to Press Play with Sammy P and Kyla T. Today we're going to be talking about this idea that there's always something to do. And in that, if there's always something to do and this busyness and this rushing, does it serve us to be in a constant state of fight, flight, freeze, fawn, panic? Or is there another way? Sammy P, how are you today? I'm great. Thanks, Kyla. Um, we have a little celebration with everybody for you. Oh, yeah. Yes. No longer in the office as a chiropractor. Yeah. May have done, um, may have had some people come and visit last night. It's a bit of a different thing seeing people at home. Yep. And then having a whiskey afterwards. It's a bit different. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's awesome. So, yeah, it's quite interesting. Um, the, uh, the topic that you've chosen was, uh, we just threw that together two seconds ago and just before, well, I don't know when you were recording or when it went live, no. um, but uh, we're on and uh, yeah, it's basically uh, a snapshot of the week that the last few weeks of, of my life. Yeah. And uh, So give us yeah. a snapshot because I think it's also really important for people that are listening to the podcast and people that were open on the vibe last year to understand the transition that you've gone through and the decisions and to kind of have been on the journey with you, but mm. to even just talk about like this week with it being such a big completion for you, what have you observed in yourself and what has supported you to not just kind of go into the crazy land of I've still got so much to do. Yeah. Well, that, cause I was in there. Oh my God, I've got so much to do. <laughs> um, so yeah, finished, finished up in practice as, as, um, at Coast Chiropractic Kiwana, um, as my taking my chiropractic hat off, I don't know, forever or fully, but um, at least stepping back from private practice a bit, who knows what happens around the corner. There's a lot of um, letting go and and just seeing what happens as we go. But then yep. the, we're also, the plan has been to, um, for the family, uh, for us to you know, become even more connected as a unit and, and um, make some magic memories. Yeah. Um, the idea was 12 months ago to get a caravan and travel around. So it's it's finally coming to fruition. Um, Van, uh, you can pretty much tick that off. Brycey, big shout out to me, mate, Josh Bryce. Uh, one of the, he's been to grab life by the balls. He knows what we do, uh, loves what we do. So it was cool to um, help a fellow baller out, um, which is pretty cool. Brycey, he's a legend. He's such a cool dude. Um, so that's in the process of getting all sorted out. So it's uh, just um, granting myself and uh, allowing a car to appear in whatever way, shape or form, uh, specifically to tow a caravan and that gets us around Australia. Yeah. Um, and it's quite reliable. So more specifically, uh, we would love a sponsored Land Rover four-wheel drive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not picky. As long as, as, long as, it's got, as long as it's got the guts to tow a caravan around Australia and... Uh, and it's not and it's not a bomb um i'd be pretty good. um and then so there's lots of stuff uh building a foundation for an organization to potentially expand uh almost 10 times bigger than what it currently is is one of the goals yeah so foundation work with that and a lot of toing and froing and a lot of yeah building blocks that no one else sees but that without the foundation it's going to be a bit of a dodgy a dodgy ride so there's a lot of that going on and then there's organizing even though we run events and do events i'm not the best organizer um but you know farewells and uh jacko's birthday um caravan of balls launch yeah. uh moving out of our unit um later this week you know there's just lots of things and then still uh have the sammy p coaching clients my epic crew that i hang out with every week uh, um making sure I show up nice and grounded for them. And I think it was more of the, um, this conversation is probably off the back of a coaching call I did last night with one of my clients. Yeah. And just, you know, when you, as you know, when you're coaching someone or when you're holding space for people, yep. the amount of stuff that comes through for you as well, mm-hmm. or what you learn from what other people are going through as a, as a mirror, essentially. And yep. it's quite good. And obviously I, I had a chat with um, my main man, the big cheese, Make sure I try and give him a shout out every uh, <laughs> every episode. Yeah, I don't think he's watched one yet. And I was like, mate, I I ch- I chuck to you like every time. Like, feels like she knows you intimately now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so um, had a chat with him on Friday, and yes, he could sense my excitement, and uh, yes, he could sense my ungroundedness. So it was off the back of that conversation, and then, um, yeah, 
like there's like when when you're sitting in a computer then all of a sudden there's an an email that you need to attend to to line up a meeting or then there's something else that comes up with something with grab life and then there was the thing that you're working on and then there's someone ringing you about an event or there's some other you know the accountant calling you and all these sorts of things you like get pulled in in 10 different directions and i suppose the beauty of being in practice as a chiropractor is that that space where i practiced in was yeah. was conditioned to show up in a certain way yeah. That all that other stuff, even if I was working on stuff out the back, waiting in between clients, yeah. that that space you could show up. And that's mm. the one thing you're focusing on was that person in front of you. Yep. So it's quite interesting being more a computer and a lot of foundational things that require a computer and the many different directions you get pulled in mm. creating that. And I think it comes from uni and just getting shit done. I was a sprinter. Yeah. When it came to assignments and study, I would sprint towards the finish. I'd like that. I like the pressure of that deadline. I don't know if I like the pressure, but that pressure yeah. allowed me to go to other levels. Whereas if it was a, if Cairo was a self-directed thing that you'd do in five years, I still would have done the last year's work. I would, would have done one year of uni full-time trying to do the five years in one go. That's how I would have done it. <laughs> the big thing around this is that when you start working for yourself or there's a movement that you're creating that's going to exponentially grow 10 times, we can't afford to keep sprinting mm. <laughs> because it's like even now uh, you think how far you've gone in the chiropractic and I think now in the work that I'm doing is you start to realise that it is a slow steady burn and climb and that it is more of a lifelong marathon I guess in a way but that we have to have pit stops we've got to plan all that in and as you're talking about it I was thinking as well about this idea that sometimes our priority list can grow but we're working on the things that aren't that important and aren't going to head us in the direction that we want to go so this is where a power pause moment becomes essential to actually really start to look at well out of all the things that I'm doing what is a priority now is it heading me in the right direction of where I'm going but also it's funny what you're talking about because that whole like going into the chiropractic and doing that because obviously my business has changed a lot over the last year as well and what I noticed was like back in the day I would run workshops all day no one could contact me I couldn't be contactable and then I would have to do things like at the end of the day or get back in touch with people, but it was a really clear boundary. So mm. I've been living in do not disturb mode a lot in the last month and it has made such a huge difference because I often think back to when I was first in radio, we didn't even, and yes, I'm showing my age, we didn't even have mobile phones. I think we might've had them, but they were just the calling ones, but my generation in that space, no one would call you on your landline at work. Like no friends would call you or contact you. So I had a landline that people like clients could call through. I didn't even have email. We were still using fax. And so when you were at work, you were literally uncontactable really to the rest of the world. And obviously it's kind of like just become this norm now for people to be able to contact you. But what happens is we end up in overwhelm because we're in a constant state of distraction the whole time of making this choice between work, life, friends, family. And I was even talking to someone um, on the weekend about this whole idea that kids have to have mobile phones because they have to be contactable. And I was like, Back in the day, there was a receptionist at the school and it was okay to call in an emergency. I'm pretty sure that still happens. Mm, and yeah. so this idea that I feel like maybe we've created this momentum, we've created this world, but not paused long enough to say, okay, um, there's a whole lot to do, but is my focus and attention, like you've shared already what Jesus said, am I grounded in my foundation of what I really need to get done today? And sometimes it does come back to, and most people will think this is really boring, but time management and planning. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and I think like you're going back to pit stops and slow burns, like, uh, you know, Love a sporting example. Here comes a sporting analogy. You know, we talked about before we started. Well, I don't know. We may have been live at that time anyway, but talked about um, like being in the zone. Yeah. And the zone 
you know, is, is like being in flow or being stuck in something that you don't even know that you're into when it just time sort of just goes by and you don't even notice it mm-hmm. for those that don't have a, a like a, a first-hand experience of being in the zone. Yep. And that's actually an effortless state. It's more of an embodied state because you can't be in your head and be in the zone. It's usually when you go, oh, I'm in the zone and then I'd get out. I get out in cricket or something. Oh yeah. Oh no. <laughs> and I think it's funny that there's methods to get in the zone where it's like it's meant to be an effortless state. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's the environment you can set up for it, yeah. isn't it? And um, and if you're looking at that as the ultimate vibration to be in, to mm. create epic shit. Yep. Um, or to make uh, fun and fulfilling shit. Um, it's going to come from the zone. It's not going to come from getting shit done yeah. at a coffee-induced push, adrenaline push, fight-or-flight response. Yeah. That whole energy is, one, um, limited, so you're going to crash and burn at some point. Yeah. But then also, <laughs> going back, I think we mentioned it the other day, if you have a look at the spiders when they were they did the drugs on the spiders with the caffeine and the LSD and, and then undrugged as well and what kind of web they would make. Check out the, and this is, I'm putting my hand up here for those that are listening to the podcast, not watching it. It's putting my hand up of like, wow. When you look at the caffeine web and you're like, whoa, I'm creating everything on caffeine just about. It's like, whoa, that's not cool. That's pretty, that's pretty crap. <laughs> so it's, it's about showing up grounded and in the zone. And then the things that can come from that, if you're more grounded and centered and, and some shit comes flying at you, you're able to, take that in, process it, and then respond rather than react. Mm. So then that sounds like it takes time, but then if if you create a conflict because you react, it's going to take time to go and patch up that relationship or to patch up whatever's gone wrong there. And and the key thing is, I suppose, that is that enlightenment, I suppose, like with um, Buddhist monks and everything looking for is just basically showing up in the zone, showing up nice and grounded. And the more that we show up in that, the more that we're tuning into a different vibration, yeah, a higher vibe, the more it doesn't say that you still, you know, don't have to do the dishes and don't have to do your tax and all these sorts of things, but it's, it's showing up in a different way. And that, that energy creates more of the same. And then you're building upon that rather than and this is talking to myself, showing up in that stress response of just ticking boxes and getting stuff done because it's, it's almost like me reliving doing assignments for X amount of years at uni and school yeah. and showing up in that stress response just to get something done. You know, did, you know, I was thinking about the other day, did Michelangelo just go, all right, I just need to paint the Sistine Chapel and get it done? <laughs> like like maybe, maybe he did a little bit, but to be fair, like, you know, that's, that's, that's next inspiring. level. Like I was talking to a client the other day and he's like balancing now uni and work. And we really did a whole lot on, well, what is your why for doing this? And he was mm. to get it done. And I was like, you've still got two years left of this degree and balancing now working part-time with a full degree, which is what I was doing when I was at the bank, but I was working full-time. And I was like, we need to find your why and purpose to this. Because mm. otherwise, to your point, it's like you just keep pushing yourself. You end up at that place and you do. We used to at the bank, we'd call it deal fever. And it was literally because at the end of a deal, at the end of that sprint per se, our body just gets to the point where it can't continue down that path. And this is where a lot of the mental health challenges are coming, a lot of the illness. It's like the World Health Organization stresses the number one preventable cause of illness in our world. Mm. Yet what hasn't changed is this conversation around is the way we're doing things supportive of that i think it very much is being had in the entrepreneurial coaching space and in our space but still like people look at me like i'm crazy often still in corporate where i'm like you need to have a brain break and yet intuitively i think we know it i think we know that our brains and our bodies are being impacted and that it's not normal to wake up tired and exhausted every single day. And I've even noticed now, just being out of the busyness of Sydney and Bondi, how it's created an environment for me to choose to simplify. And even starting to have people that are listening to think about, well, is there some areas in your life where you could simplify a little bit 
or even plan things in. Yesterday I was talking to someone, I've got these wellness change champions within the program that I'm running inside the company and getting them to start to look at, well, how do we actually plan our weeks, our months and our quarters, knowing that in every person's role, in every person's lives, there's going to be moments where you need to sprint. Like there's going to be busy weeks. There's going to be like, say someone was an accountant, end of month, end of financial year, best time is always a busy time for them. So it's like, how do you plan and prepare for that by then planning in quieter weekends or actually like meal prepping on a Sunday? And none of this is sexy. None of this is like, woohoo, can't wait to meet. Well, maybe some people like meal prep. Maybe that's my personal view on it. But it's like, I know that like looking at your calendar and planning things in advance might not seem that exciting, but honestly, it can make life so much easier mm. and I, going back to i just wanted to ask you some questions like going back to that the, the what did you call it deal fever mm. yep but going back to that and like after you've finished that block of what you had to do yep did the stress being stressed and pushing so hard did it actually change the outcome well, so this is, I always questioned it, right? And this is why I'm no longer working in best <laughs> <laughs> Because I was always like, well, what if, like, I understand, like, we needed to list things and the property sales and this, that, the other. But I always said, like, what if we just gave ourselves an extra week? Like, is it really going to impact the end of it? But the one thing, as you were even saying the word that came to mind in sharing this was there was huge ego significance that came with deal fever as well right mm. the guys would come in and be like oh my god I was on like my Blackberry at 3am messaging people in Europe and this that the other and there was this whole culture which is still in these environments mm. that it's cool to be doing this but what science is now showing us is okay our ego may think that it gives you status and worthiness and validation the reality is do you know what's not cool um depression do you know what's not cool? Like all of these illnesses that have been created in us from it. But we haven't, it's like nothing has kind of caught up yet in this space to understand mm. that the long-term effect of this, especially as people start to get older as well, like when the grads come in and they're straight out of uni, you think about it, like they've got more energy, they've got all time, but we're creating the behaviours in that time of a culture and what it will look like. So with the deal fever, it was kind of this idea that there is always a timing to things. And yes, I understand that sometimes there is a requirement with that based on the sale of assets or whatever might be going on with people's things or maybe technology needing to be launched or something like that. But in some way, shape or form, someone has control over saying, do we, have we allocated ourselves enough gap time here to say, can we do this? Now, one of the challenges that is so much greater now than when I was there is global organisations. And so for a lot of people, it's like the normal like eight to six kind of is not there because people are having to do like teleconferences. Like even me, I had a call at 7am with the UK today and it was 10pm for him there. And so we start to understand that, but then we need to then realise that and I wasn't very good at this at the beginning of my work with time zones was to take a break in the middle of the day and do something to realize that working from 7am till seven or eight or even 10 at night, it's not sustainable to our bodies and our brains and most importantly, our relationships as well. And so if you go into most corporate environments right now, the common language that you'll hear is overwhelm, exhaustion, burnout uh not enough resourcing and like working really ridiculous hours but there's some leaders that we will bring me in and they'll say kyla we don't want this to be the norm like if people are working past 6 p.m structurally we've got an issue within our organization but that's not the norm mm. that's very very uncommon mm. and so at this time at this time yep but that whole idea of deal fever, like even when you said the word, I was like, there was, there was like this status to it. 
like it kind of it is that valid and it is our whole lives are created around this validation and this worthiness connected to work mm. um, and I still remember and it's very much in the European cultures but I met this man this older man who was from um, Venice and he was really sad and we had a conversation and he'd moved to Australia because his wife was Australian and she missed it here and he said to me and I've heard it since as well he said in Australia I don't understand but here you live to work mm. and he said in in my country, we work to live. And it was like this. <laughs> I was like, how have we created this? Where what he said is so true. Mm -hmm. um, and also, like, it's so easy to get caught up in it again. Mm -hmm. And that we're constantly having to, like, step back uh, and look at, well, what's essential? What's important? Where's my time and energy going? And am I listening to my body when it's tired and it's exhausted or it's getting a fever to say, okay, something has to give here. Uh, and then knowing that that's such an individual process as well, because some people will be like myself, like the energizer bunny, you can keep going, 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 but then the Mack truck will hit you. <laughs> Uh, so becoming more aware of the subtle stress signs and symptoms and how they show up for you so you can catch them before you end up whacked out with a Mack truck mm. um, and and being aware and kind like what you're going through right now in terms of like a change and obviously even just even just moving out of a home is a big deal like that's at one of the top top stress counts for people and so also being kind to ourselves in that, okay, we can't do everything at once. There might be some things that I might usually do that maybe I won't do just for this month while I'm going through that period. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Well, going back to what I asked you, it was like, I, I don't know if it really helps us. Like, yes, there's time deadlines and things like that. And most of that, like you said, is probably ego driven. Yeah. Um, but like just with me running around like a headless chook a little bit over the last few weeks, yeah, you know that didn't really change any outcome, or it didn't Im didn't improve any outcome, didn't yep. improve anything that much to really put that much stress into it. And I know we mentioned definitely mentioned on the vibe when we were doing that, you know, with last year when the when the shit hit the fan last year. But you know, um, goes back to like one of Wayne Dyer's quotes, and I kind of link it across. Um, you know, why worry? Because if there's something that you can control, you can do something about it. Yep. And if there's something you can't control, you can't do anything about it anyway. Mm. So why worry? Mm. I think it's the same with stress. Why make it so stressful and hard and push so hard? Yeah. More, and I'm coaching myself as I say that. I like put both hands up. Like this is for me. <laughs> and just a reminder, but does it like does it really matter? Like if you're getting stressed about it, like in a game of cricket for example, a sporting example, like if you're under stress, like if, if you're batting and you've got to make a certain amount of runs and you've got, and there's all this pressure, you can't, but you can't get out all at the same time. So there's all these bombardments of stress around you, yeah. pushing you into a stress response. But the only way that you get through that and get the team over the line is actually showing up calm and centered and grounded. Cause if you get caught up in that, that's when you stiffen up, you play the wrong shot or you you're not clear in the in your head when you're need to let your body take over and yep. adapt to the situation. Like mm. it's actually detrimental. Like, but in sport, I think there's an understanding around that. But then in day-to-day -day life, in business, it's almost a badge of honor to be busy, to be stressed, to have heaps of stuff on and try and tear your hair out and go. But at the end of the day, you're still gonna make those phone calls, you're still gonna do what you're gonna do. Does it does it really warrant you burning out your adrenals yep. and stressing your body out does it actually really make any difference to the outcome or any positive difference to the outcome and can it be done better so I, totally totally coaching myself there yeah. i'm gonna have to go back and listen to this one then <laughs> answer your question as well it's like actually it's more likely that it makes it harder and worse because in that rushed state in fight flight we're more likely to make mistakes. Yeah, more likely to make mistakes, miss that email, miss something, misinterpret something. Or say something that will upset somebody yep. that requires a whole lot of another yep. dealing within that situation. So well, one of the first things I learned, like would have been 15 years ago when I started studying all of this, was this idea that 
and it's um there's a lady i can't remember which uh dr libby and it's rushing they call it rushing woman syndrome mm. and syndrome but this idea that the rushing was a habit in my nervous system to wake up in the morning out of bed with this rushed sensation of so much to do so much to do blah 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 so in the end when i would observe backwards a lot of my habits didn't change. I was still going to the gym in the morning. I was still getting to work early, but I was doing it with a choice of, I'm going to use the exact words you were using, grounded, calm, centered, and knowing that the pushing, the rushing was literally that fight flight that was created. And so nothing actually probably changed a lot, but the essence of my state of mm. being. And I hadn't, processed I didn't even know I had emotions at this point and so in that what's going on is part of that rushing is because there's so much energy in my head because I wasn't grounded in my body I wasn't aware that I had emotions so I would have been trying to avoid feeling any of them so the energy gets stuck and stored and then start circulating around your head, which is the busyness and the noise. Whereas when we ground and we acknowledge our emotions and that we kind of flow through the process, it's much easier to then respond rather than react. Mm. But it is, it's literally, and that's obviously where meditation and mindfulness really can come in because a lot of us or myself included I didn't even know what calm felt like or what mm. centered and grounded felt like. And obviously I had a lot of trauma in my body as well, which means that I was very good at disassociating. And so in that, but I, but this is the thing, I didn't even have a level of awareness that was aware that I was doing it. <laughs> and so, and one of the practices, the first ever lady who I met taught me to do was to become more present by actually just going to work in a different direction. So mm. instead of walking to work or getting the ferry to work in the exact same way, I had to go a different way every day. And it literally just started to allow me to practice being present. And so if you have a habit of something that they talk about, and it's really great for people as they get older as well, like your kitchen drawers, actually starting to move things around. <laughs> oh, that would drive me mental. <laughs> <laughs> but it slows you down, right? Oh, kind of. <laughs> it can, one way can. Where the far out is that? Who <laughs> moved the forks? Um, and moving your I did, damn it. <laughs> exactly. Moving your sock drawer or something like that because what it requires is you to start to practice using your brain but thinking about what you're doing because otherwise so many things that we do in the day are so unconscious because we're in that level of unconscious competence with it that we don't even think about it which that allows our mind to go off wandering like you think about driving even like it allows us to go off into different directions and that's where practicing presence can come in uh, and then also practicing your brain how it goes through change as well Um, yeah, it is quite interesting, isn't it? And I remember watching, um, I'm so stoked, got to meet Martini. He did one of his public talks yep. a few years ago. And love his work, love him, love what he does. But also there's like some, oh, geez. You know, I appreciated the journey of like coming through chiropractic and then doing stuff outside of chiropractic. So it was actually quite um, resonated with me, his whole journey. Yeah. And I, got to meet him after one of his public talks. And it was one of those cheaper free ones. It wasn't one of his programs. Mm. So there's a bunch of people, myself included, lining up just to have a quick chat with him. And then by that stage, I think I had a couple of books by him. And I thought, oh, might as well old school, get it signed. Don't worry about the selfie, I'll get it signed. And um, it was amazing. Like the line was like most, like it would have been at least 34%, 30 to 40% of this room were waiting to see him. Other people had gone and got what they needed but this and it was packed yeah and everyone was lining up and everyone was waiting their turn but he was laser focused mm. in the moment yeah. with that person yeah. yeah and thinking about what you were talking before that's and and you touched on it what if we brought that presence to every moment totally. with the meeting we're in now not worrying about the the 50 things after the meeting yeah 
or whatever we're doing or after we get the kids to school or all the other things. What if we show up and are present there for that moment? And I think that's the best thing about, you know, Jackson, our son, or having kids is that they bring you, you know, you know when you're out of whack because they're mirroring you. Yeah. And there's been a bit of that over the last couple of weeks, a lot of limbo and uncertainty and packing and different things and big life changes for us. Yeah. And it's like, oh, righto. Thanks, Jacko. Jacko's losing his shit. Righto. Where are we? Well, if he well, is for me, it's a great mirror. It's like, okay, so yeah, I'm obviously very ungrounded at the moment. Okay. Yeah. Righto. But the only thing you can do is right now. Totally. And going back again to, do you want to show up in, you know, stress? Does it actually change the outcome? Or if we're actually present and focused on this one thing how good is that and sometimes that requires as well in your calendar a lot of the people I'm talking to at the moment with clients and I had a leadership team last week was make shorter meetings Mm. so have your meetings that they're 45 minutes or 50 minutes so you've got 10 or 15 minutes in between to go to especially people working remotely to go to the bathroom to jot down any notes to do anything that you need to do but so you can to your point turn up fully present and I believe if we're fully present without other distractions and it's going to wane in and out Mm. um, but if you are intentionally if that's your intention to turn up present in situations things don't need to go as long as they usually do like meetings will potentially go shorter because people are calm they're centered they're focused in that place and so starting don't have to repeat what you were talking about because you were on your phone doing another email. <laughs> and that's the thing is that people can feel it as well when people are working remotely and this and that. And it's been proven now that even having your phone next to you when mm. you're in conversation with somebody impacts how valued they feel. So we're needing to really, I think, look at just those everyday habits and behaviors that we're used to doing and asking. I always like the questions. Is it kind? Is it useful? Is it helping to elevate my energy, my mood, my mindset, this relationship, whatever the question might be? But I think one thing I know for certain is when I show up rushed, busy, ungrounded, um, scattered, I'll usually have overwhelm whacked in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's not useful to anybody, mm-hmm. uh, let alone and let alone staying in that state all day, every day. And so I think part of it is firstly acknowledging we're in a world that in a way has taught us that that's normal, mm. has taught us that that's actually success in a way. Uh, and it did come out of the industrial era in terms of you worked harder, you worked longer, you got more crops done um, or built more machines, whatever. I just obviously, (laughs) they weren't great examples. (laughs) But now it's like, well, we're we're building things that are based on connection, based on relationship. And how do we then make sure that we're choosing habits, choices, thoughts and behaviours that support a long-term sustainable in whatever it is that you're doing or creating. Absolutely. I'm just reading. Um, I think your, your mate Beck is there. Um, she's asked about any, um, any tips for awareness or checking out ego. I think he gave the solution to that just before in that response. Yeah. So I like to make sure that everyone understands that we need our ego. Sometimes in the spiritual word, it can like start to become like blasphemy (laughs) when in a healthy place, like we've chosen this human experience and yes, we're going into aiming enlightenment, oneness, whatever it might be, but that our ego is the part that supports us in individualization and is the sometimes a healthy driving point. We just don't want it. I think it's when the ego is combined with self-worth challenges or not feeling enough in situations or is in aligned with a radio station that's filled with judgment jealousy criticism and trying to be in that competitive energy from a healthy ego it is about owning that your place within an environment matters and that your voice and what you've got to share in that time like that there is value that you're bringing to relationships and to conversations I find one of the greatest ways to check it is if you notice that you're trying to prove yourself, Mm -hmm. you notice that you want to be right 
or justifying. Um, Sam's smiling for anyone that's not. Oh, no, yeah. that doesn't ring um, any bells, Kyle. I've never had an example like that. Yeah, recently. And, <laughs> so most importantly, it comes in where it's just a curious place of, and this is for me individually as well, of am I seeking validation outside of myself or am I trying to force or push? It's that type of energy, my opinions, my beliefs, my expectations what I want to get out of this, into this situation. And one of the greatest ways to check it is to take a deep breath and listen. Mm. So listen to the other person. <laughs> uh, and to, I, I think, and so many clients, like, like for all the work that I've done, obviously presence and self-awareness is a big one that people love, but curiosity. If you are in a place of curiosity, in anything that you're doing to want to understand the other person, where they're at, what's going on, from that place of the sacred observer and curiosity, I find that that is a great way to check where you're at with things. And also practicing habits that are outside of your norm is a good way of doing it. So if people come into a workshop with me and I'm like, if you're the one that always asks questions and always speaks, practice just being quiet and practice listening. Or if you're the one that never speaks, then practice asking questions, practice sharing your opinions with us. Like this is a space today to practice going against the grain of safety and protection of our ego as well, I think. What would you do, Sam, in terms of, or when do you notice when your um, defensive ego comes out? Oh, I try and make the other person wrong for sure. <laughs> Definitely have a little three-year-old tantrum. Uh, in the seminar example that you just gave or asking questions, I'd be sitting up the back and not asking questions. You see, I'd be up and then going, hey. Yeah, I'd, I'd get that. That's why we work so well together. <laughs> I'm just sitting up the back. And then if I don't agree with them and my, if any of my mates from uni, if I, and if I really didn't like the lecture, I'd just walk out <laughs> or want to, or want to walk out. Sometimes I'd pull my head in, but sometimes I just walked out. I was like, this is bullshit. Yeah. There's no point asking questions. I'm just out. Yeah. What makes you determine that there's no point asking questions? Have you already made that person wrong? Yeah. Mind? Yeah. I had my little tantrum. <laughs> but that and then but then that's that was also more, more in an academia kind of world you know that's it's a different mm. yeah I'd, I'd be i'd you know i'd feel boxed in or did feel boxed in yeah yeah so then you push back even more don't you and noticing when you're blaming self yeah well then also not wanting to be wrong uh, not wanting to ask a question so i don't so i didn't look like i didn't know what we were talking about mm. yeah and you know what, that would probably be one of the biggest shifts that can go on, I think, in relationships and workplaces is being willing to say, I don't know, what do you, mm. do you yeah. have any ideas? Because part of the ego in our world and the corporate environments that's been created is that leaders should always have the answer. Mm. And in a way, it's like many of us are in situations and environments right now that we've never been in before. So expecting that someone in another area or another role doesn't have great ideas in a way that's totally our ego um, and it can take an egoic bruising. And I was listening to, I keep talking about it because I'm obsessed with it, Johan Murray, his book, and he's got all this research around organisations that were run as collaboratives and collectives and how everybody had equal partnership in them and the huge success and the low levels of depression and anxiety mm. in these companies that are built based upon that. And I think that part of it as well is that we need an ego rebalancing as leaders to be able to say, well, what do you think? What ideas do you have? And then the empowerment that brings for staff and people around us or around leaders because they feel like they have more control, they're being heard and understood uh, and we don't always have the answer or the best answer. Mm. Well, I think that's a natural evolution. Like if I just use myself as an example, like I think a lot of the, the driving force was me to do my own thing and have that element of freedom. So then I wouldn't, 
want to try and do it all myself. I'd want to be right. I want to do all that sort of thing. But then as things have grown, I'm and thinking of grab life by the balls now, um, actively seeking input from my wingmen and my board members yep. a lot more than I would have. Like I've, I've the vision's there, mm. but, you know, even um, wording the vision in a document, yep. you know, I don't think a few years ago I'd have been able to let someone else have a look at that or be able to critique it. I was like, this would be it. I've done this. This is it. I don't care what you think. <laughs> Maybe not that strong, but that's, but now like got some input for some guys that actually like do a lot of this wordy stuff with work. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well you guys, how about you guys catch up after this meeting and you guys nut some stuff out for us mm. and then we can all come back and we can have a look and I'll have a look at it as well. And then we'll move forward. Right. See, whereas, I think that's an evolution for me running a, a different type of organization of where we want to go now and evolving. It's like, well, I, I I'm limited. There is no way that I can do it all yeah. or want to do it all. Yeah. But you guys have got all your different strengths. You know, I've got one guy that loves doing, looking at grants and um, research. Yeah. So connect him with the two people on the board that can sort of work with that. Mm. And then these other guys doing the other things that they're really good at in their day-to-day -day job. It's like, okay, we're, we're using everyone else. And if you're using everyone else's strengths to <clears throat> work together towards a common purpose. So the purpose has to be massive yep. for that to happen. And also there's less ego in that. It's like, well, I don't know. Like, and this is why it's a team. It's a community. It's a collective, like you said, yeah. rather than just trying to figure it all out yourself. Cause that's, that's not going to get anywhere. Fast. And it's funny because there's few people that I'm talking to at the moment about them wanting to take or having taken demotions um, to bring balance into their lives. And as you were talking and sharing about that with Grab Life by the Balls as well, it's like such an important place and space for you to also sit with and everyone to sit with their strengths for you to say, well, what parts of this do I just freaking love? <laughs> and what parts of this in 10 years time are still going to inspire you in that situation? Because I think a lot of organisations go down the path where it's like, well, the more seniority you have, the longer you've been a part of something, you just keep moving up, moving up to end up in that CEO role. But sometimes I don't think people ever question, well, actually, does this mean I'm going to get to do the parts that I love? Uh, and the parts that I really, really enjoy. And is it going to give me the life that I want? With a lot of the, I'm doing a program with um, soul coaches working on their business at the moment. And my first question is, how do you design something that works for you? Not something that an influencer out there has told you is going to 100x your business or anything like that. Like for some of them, they're a little bit older and they're transitioning from a full-time career to wanting to do this part-time and they've been doing it for years. And it's like, how do we all get to take a moment of pause to say, is what I'm doing in my business, my career, my life? designing something that is also going to give me a life mm. and uh, excite me and juice me up, but also give me time for other things that I love and enjoy as well. Because this pressure to just keep going and keep moving up at the expense of everything else is kind of what we've been taught in a way. Mm. And I think that's where I burnt myself out with Grab a Life by the Balls, like, you know, around... Um, all the other shit that hit the fan last year. Yeah. <laughs> I almost said it, almost said that word that we don't mention. Me. Yeah, that we don't mention. Um, <laughs> but like retros, I, I burnt myself out because I was trying to do it all. Mm -hmm. and, the, and the purpose maybe wasn't big enough or I was getting frustrated that I didn't know how to delegate or people, I would spend more time just getting excited that someone wanted to help but not actually looking for the right person, just had people turn up in that space, which then made it doubly hard. One, the job wasn't done properly because I probably couldn't communicate it either, but then I couldn't, um, yeah, I couldn't train them or I'd have to do it all myself anyway. And so I was getting double, I was doing twice the amount of work that I was doing. But um, the difference this time, although, yes, I've been a bit unbalanced and a bit stressed, is the fact that I'm, I'm building that foundation so then these other guys, like I mentioned, can, mm. there's the foundation and there's that purpose and where we're all heading yeah. But then it's also, okay, I can only do so much. I can set it up, but I need someone to be in charge of this and control that and lots of things. And that takes 
that takes time. And, and then it's not until you realize that when you start doing that, as I'm sure you're aware, you don't realize what, you know, sometimes you kind of assume that everyone else is on the same page as you. And you're like, Oh, so I've got to go back this thing. That's I find so easy that I could literally not even think about. Yeah. You don't get that. I was like, Holy shit. I have to think about this. of actually like, what I, I do. Shit. <laughs> I was like, Oh wow. I do know a couple of things. Like all of a sudden I felt like I was a social media guru. And I was like, I was just, just posting shit, you know, like, Oh, it's just like, I didn't realize it was that difficult, but having that, I think, when you haven't been there before and you haven't popped to that level, it feels like that busyness. And, you know, that's why people buy businesses is for the more freedom, but then they end up getting busy without having that delegation as the next step. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, it was a difficult experience to go through with everything that happened for us last year, but then retrospectively, it's like, yeah, I'm, I have been showing up a little bit stressed and trying to get shit done, yeah. but with the purpose of having the foundation, that it's solid and then someone else can spin their wheels in that area and drive it forward as part of this collective all going together. And I suppose it's just a natural evolution, but we can get stuck at any, any of our glass ceilings can stop us from moving forward. That's just where I'm at at the moment. And I think as well, based on what you're saying is that you can have a busy period and you can be busy without turning up busy. Mm. So in terms of if you're in a busy period in your life or you've got a lot of competing demands and priorities in this period in time, you can still choose to intentionally show up grounded, centred, focused, present, curious. And that's the part that we have to train from an internal perspective um, and being willing to then challenge ourselves around, can I delegate this? Can I actually have someone else step into doing parts of this? Because there is, there becomes this um, habit of just there for many of us. And I'm included in this space of like, just it being easier just to do it myself. Mm. Yeah. Which but, is, yeah. Which can be challenging. And it's yeah. funny now that we've got to the time of where it's the meditation and I've got a missed call and a message to get back to because the phone shows the comments while we have this conversation. I'm like, right. I'm going to go, you do the meditation by yourself. Like I was like, all right. So just, just, just to know, just to let you know, like we may be talking about this shit, but usually teaching the shit that you need to most learn. So please don't have us up on a pedestal and think that we've got all our shit together. It's a constant, it's a constant growing and learning and expanding, but it's also just becoming more aware of what you're doing. And you know, like the thing is for everyone to understand all that this is, is your level of self-awareness just gets higher and you catch yourself so you're not in that place for as long we're never going to stop being human like it's just like this is a natural human part of the life that we're in uh and so being in this place of realization that um we have to choose our state of being every single day and moment to moment so one of the things i just would like to kind of complete on is this reminder as well, the power of like visualisation and going within and starting to imagine what the next level of expansion for you looks like, feels like, sounds like, and in a way preparing yourself to receive because sometimes the busyness and sometimes the doing is because we're so used to giving out in the world and taking action that we can forget that there's also this beautiful opportunity for us to welcome in the people, the places, the opportunities, the synchronicities, the signs to come our way and actually allow this pathway of purpose to be even easier and greater than we could even imagine. Mm. Any words to complete on, Sammy P? Well, I feel like that was just a whole personal coaching session for me. So I hope everyone else got something out of that. <laughs> that was quite fun. Okay, and do you know what? Me too as well because, like, all the time, do you know what? I teach this, I know this, I do this a lot of the time, but I can often forget the gift of going inwards to become that magnet to everything that's coming next. And that feminine energy of receptivity, which is so hugely valuable in the work that we do from a message around what should I do next? 
how am I feeling? Like all of this, all of the wisdom is inside of us. And in the busyness, it's so easy to forget that. Absolutely. I'm sure there was something else that I was thinking of, but that was, um, no, that was great. That meditation was fantastic. Oh, that's what I was going to say. And uh, congratulations on doing a meditation that didn't involve too much background noise. I could not hear anything. <laughs> the first time the whippersnipper or the car didn't rev down the street or whatever else happened, it was like the first time that it was like quiet. <laughs> go fast, but that was it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're doing it earlier in the morning, so maybe it's the maybe. time. Maybe the whippers- ah. we put a whippersnipper time. Mm. <laughs> so thank you everyone for joining us today and just inviting you to take what we've discussed and to get curious about where can you choose to be present where can you choose to have moments where you slow down calm down and even invite moments of stillness or doing nothing to allow that creative voice inside of you to provide guidance on what to do next because there is so much noise out there in the world right now of what you should do, what you should eat, how you should create a business, what you should be and all of this and it's like come back within and come back into that voice inside and yes we want support from people outside when we're in there but there's so much clarity and certainty that comes when we go within. This one, what you said. So... You've been listening to the Press Play podcast with Kyla T and Sammy P. This is recorded live on our Facebook pages every Wednesday. The time can vary at the moment, but it is Australian Eastern Standard Time AM at some point. We may even go a little bit earlier, but we'll we'll talk about that off air, Kyla. Um, You can find all things that are epic with Kyla T at kylatustin.com. And you can find me, Sammy P, at sammyp.com.au. And all the other links are the same thing with Sammy P. You can find Kyla on her Facebook page, I Love Life. Thanks for listening. It would be great if you are loving this to uh, leave us a comment in the live stream of what you think about what we're doing. If you've got any questions or topics that we like, that you would like covered, or if you're loving us on Spotify or Apple, podcasts be great if you could give us a five-star review subscribe and uh spread the word because uh, you know we're up there with brene brown these days so you know no big deal <laughs> thanks again i love our chats over and out